Hey, this is Mick from Perversions Crown, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me on Interview Under Fire. Uh, big month up ahead for you guys. How are you guys doing? Um, how have things been for you guys, like, and the band as of late? And how long have you guys been on lockdown in Australia? Like, what's the vibe over there? Yeah, so we've been on lockdown, I guess, since sort of mid-May. Oh, sorry, mid-March. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we were in the United States then. Uh, we went over there to start a tour. And, yeah, we played one show and then it, it got cancelled because of the pandemic situation. And, yeah, so we had to sort of emergency get home to Australia before it all kicked off and um, kind of just been... I guess on lockdown since then, but um, it hasn't been as intense in Australia as it as it has in, especially in sort of the east coast like, of America. Like the states, and stuff. like the states yeah. over here, people yeah. are going nuts over here. <laughs> Crazy over there. So we've, I mean, I feel pretty lucky that we got home and I could just be at home and, and not be sort of stuck in a hotel or something over there for months or I don't know what would have happened, but yeah, it could have been a lot lot worse. Man, I remember that tour because I was actually scheduled to interview you guys too because. Uh, it was a Die Artist Murder Fit for an Autopsy, which we actually had on the show a couple, uh, actually last month. Uh, we talked to uh, Pat Sheridan, and he was talking about how it was it was, it was was bummer to, like, man, that was a, a lineup for the ages, bro. Enterprise Earth, you guys, you know, Die Art and Fit for an Autopsy. I think there's a, there's a couple more bands on there, too. Yeah. But we were all looking forward to it. I'm sure a lot of other tours, a lot of just events we just had planned just completely go That's down the gutter. Oh, for um, sure. You know, being stuck at home, like we all are, like both of us are, you know, how are you keeping up with your uh, guitar chops? You know, and, uh, you know, do you live in a place where you can just crank up and play without like the neighbors going crazy or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty fortunate. <laughs> I live in a, just in my own place. So I can kind of just, you know, close up the windows and, and crank some metal here. And it doesn't yeah, really yeah. bother anyone too much. I mean, I, I'm pretty considerate with it that I, I wouldn't sort of do that in the middle of the night or anything like that. But um, <laughs> you could. The fact that I'm, I mean, I could, but. I probably wouldn't do that, but um, <laughs> the fact that I, you know, I am at home all day kind of just, you know, means you can, you can just play music in the day, and it's not really going to bother anyone or get, you know, get anyone too annoyed. So, you know, it's there's definitely ways you can kind of keep productive with your playing, and and then just trying to, you know, be creative with ways to keep fit without having gyms and stuff at your disposal, and. Yeah, it's just a, just every day, like everyone is just trying to find ways to stay motivated and stay focused on what your, your goals are and all that kind of stuff. Does this pandemic, now that we're home, does it open up new things for you personally and artistically? Maybe you've not noticed before. You know, some of the other guests I've talked to, they're like, oh, okay, I've I've had like cooking. Like I've never I've never thought I'd be cooking like all this time and I've gotten into art or reading, video games, just anything that's that's new to your daily routine that you've added yeah i mean a couple of those things for sure like just being home more often and, and not having the option to go and get food elsewhere or you know quite often i would i would like to just go and catch up with friends and getting lunch or whatever but um the fact that you can't do that you do end up sort of cooking more stuff at home and and getting a bit more creative with what you're going to eat so you know you're always just finding something new to to do there but um yeah and you know just having more time at home than i'm used to is is pretty different for me especially coming into this year we were 
predicting a lot of touring and a lot of time away from home. And so I usually just kind of enjoy just having this a little bit of downtime in between tours where, you know, yeah. I do get to just kind of have some time to myself to, to do things. But all of a sudden I've got all this time to myself and no opportunity to do any of the other things. So it's kind of, yeah, it's been a, a different experience, I guess, but I'm just kind of taking it for what it is and I guess enjoying it as sort of a forced holiday from all the things I normally have to do. And, you know, it's a, a forced holiday from touring and, you know, certain work I would normally do isn't available at the moment. So, yeah, it's just kind of been good to probably the last time in my life have no responsibilities <laughs> for things I have to do and I'll probably yeah. never get this again. So I have to enjoy it while, while it's here, I guess. Yeah, let's not screw it up with this graceful opportunity we have, if you can call it that. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Did you say you say you started uh, cooking from home, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Can we can we get like some kind of cooking with Mick type of live streaming or happening something like that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's probably not going to be anything too fancy. I'm not. I'm definitely not much of a cook, but um, yeah, it's just been you know it's been cool to try and just have some different and try and you know eat semi healthy and stuff like that and. You know, it's it's been cool just being at home and having to do that. I guess I can't imagine like the fan, like just all the fans just tuning in, just seeing like what you guys are up to. I'm sure it'd be like a a pretty a pretty good uh you know just a reaction getting all the fans involved also. When because I've seen like people who like do like cooking with I don't know Sam or like uh, we had Flesh God Apocalypse on the show too and Paolo uh he was uh he was starting to get into cooking and maybe he was even trying to like start up like a live streaming something like that just random things you're not even doing with music and you're gonna see you're gonna see these fans like tune in to think that you're not you know usually used to show them doing like here's me watching a movie of star wars just watching my reaction and you know just an example like that (laughs) so what (laughs) I i know a lot of guys are kind of getting more into the twitch thing especially being at home and that's a yeah a good thing for fans but um like, you know, I, I fired up the Xbox when I got home and started playing Call of Duty Warzone and realized I'm not good enough right to, to ever think about doing Twitch. So that was out the window pretty quick. But a lot of guys, you know, they get a lot of attention doing that stuff. And, and that's cool as well. So so what is on Mick's menu today to eat? I know it's morning time for you guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's still morning for me. Um, I think I'm going to – I've got some leftover stuff from, from yesterday, actually. It's kind of like a – a big sort of veggie salad thing from yesterday. So yeah. I'm probably just going to get stuck into that. I've got a fair few interviews on today, so I don't really have much time to uh, <laughs> get lunch prepared. So it's good. I've got something ready to go. Yeah. Speaking of which, let me know how we're doing on time, buddy. All right. Um, yeah, sure. So one thing I want to get into before we dive into hell will come for us all, which I personally cannot wait for. Um, so we talked about the Twitch streaming. A lot of the bands are actually taking advantage of, you know, interacting with the fans that way. Earlier today, I actually had a guest, uh, Insomnium, and they were known for, you know, doing their own live streaming. Code Orange did their own thing, you know, back in March for their live album, for their album release. Um, Do you think the quarantine-induced, like, live streaming surge that's going on right now, is it going to affect the musician touring business going forward? Do you still see this happening even after all this is over? Uh, I mean, there's always been sort of studio recordings people would put up for years on youtube and stuff like that um yeah behind the scenes stuff and stuff like that yeah and and you know like it's always been cool like i've I've, there's always been like studio sessions where bands will just kind of get in there and but i guess this is kind of the only option now so that's it's kind of just been you know just the so much of it but i think it'll still happen and 
people always like watching bands play however it is if it's um yeah if it's live or footage of it or whatever so if, if you're a fan of a band you're going to watch whatever they put out i think so i think it'll be you know it'll still happen even after all this yeah because there's there's two different aspects and probably even more but the mains that the main ones that i'm hearing are if i if i'm seeing a virgin's crown in front of me in person that's a whole different that's just a whole different monster altogether a whole different atmosphere as opposed to seeing you guys you know like right here, like in front of a laptop, where I could just technically mosh in my own bedroom if I wanted to. It's oh, sure. uh, you know, it's 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 a different it's a different vibe when it comes to that because you could still sell tickets. Let's say you do a festival here, or technically, I wish I what am I saying? Festivals are usually in Europe, but you know, you do a festival in Europe, and maybe someone in the U.S. doesn't have access to that, and you could sell a virtual ticket. You know, just an example like that because a lot of ideas are being spread forth from here on on because it's trial and error. You know, because you don't know if everyone's going to be able to tune in. You have technical issues, everything else in between. Big time, yeah. And I think, yeah, like what you said, especially with a band like us, I think being in front of us and and feeling the energy of us and the crowd is is kind of what's really important with a band like us. Um, so I don't know how well it would translate to just being kind of a studio thing without the, the energy of a live crowd and, and all that kind of stuff, whereas other bands which – it's not so much about the energy and the aggression. It's just more a, a display of musicianship, which, I mean, we still have that, but that's not the only element of our band. So I think it will be interesting to see how it would translate. But, I mean, yeah, obviously bands like Code Orange are, are higher energy bands and they're doing it, so maybe it could work. Yeah, you did talk about in one of your other interviews uh, about Aversion's Crown being primarily a live band because you guys – you guys put on quite a show, you know, as far as like the energy, you guys do it right. You guys know how to do it. And uh, with the Virgin's Crown, you know, you talk about the fourth album coming up. Hell will come for us all. Now, with this album, did it ever cross your mind or any of your bandmates on possibly release date effectiveness? Because, you know, we've had bands that have moved their release dates forward or moved them back. And some bands who've stuck to the schedule. Is that something that has crossed your mind? Maybe, you know, move it forward or uh, is that up to you guys or something like that? I mean, it's definitely something we've all discussed because, yeah, it's a completely unprecedented situation for this to happen. And and so much of a, a band's promotion is done from touring, not just playing shows and, and stuff, but like you said, you know, in-person interviews and, and all that kind of stuff is now taken off the plate for how to promote this album. So it all has to be done online and you know through sort of skype and stuff like that so it's definitely something that's you know a, a point of discussion and, and there's no real way to know whether it's the right or wrong thing to do because you could delay the release of the album but for how long and you know we don't know when we're going to be able to tour the states again so would we just put it the album release off indefinitely and until we can tour or you know there's no real end date in sight for when that might be yet so for us it still seems like a good time to release the album um you know we, we were planning on doing it at this date and even though we can't get out there and and tour it as much it it is still something for people to enjoy and people are stuck at home with you know running out of things to do and and new things to sort of um listen to and i think it might be a, a good thing for people to have a new album that comes out during this time and, yeah. and something new new to enjoy and and a new focus and 
and not to kind of just give up on it because we can't tour. Um, I mean, it's not like this is the last album the band's ever going to do. We're going to do another album and, and, uh, you know, we're going to keep writing albums and, you know, so when, when it is time to tour again, we'll have another new album to, you know, to put out and all that kind of stuff. So it still seems to me as if it is a good thing to do um, is to release it now. But I mean, obviously we would prefer it if we could release it and, and just be touring, but it's, it's just the way it is. Yeah, pandemic's definitely not something you, you know, prepare for. You know, it's not like you have that list as a protocol. You have like earthquakes, no. tornadoes, you know, like for little sure. things that you have, you have you have brochures for to prepare for, but a pandemic. But, you know, it's it's, it's a whole different monster, um, you know. And their bands, like when we talked about bands sticking to the schedule, I, I believe uh, Trivium was like on like the top five or ten or like on like certain billboard charts or something like that. You know, the, sticking to the schedule also helps. And like for you sure. said it gives fans, you know, kind of like a, it gives them a breath of fresh air in midst of all this just confusion, I guess. For you sure. Know, yeah, exactly. A lot right. of stuff going on out there. Yeah, and, and like you said, like we've actually survived the tornado. Like we, we've we've been through all sorts of kind of other disasters. So yeah. the pandemic's just one to add to the list. Yeah, you know, Texans and Australians alike, we go through tornadoes as well. So it's like, no, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> exactly. So the fourth album title, like, you know, Hell Will Come For Us All, out June 12th on Nuclear Blast Records. This is your first album with new vocalist Tyler Miller. Now, uh, following up on that, what do you believe, what new element does Tyler bring into A Virgin's Crown as opposed to your previous three albums? Yeah, I mean, he brings a few elements, I think, that it's things that we've wanted in the band. And he definitely brings a a maturity to the way he approaches the songwriting. and, And he really kind of wants to service the song and it's not about him trying to show off or any of that kind of stuff. And, and that's never been what the band's about. I mean, you know, Chris is a great guitarist and he could write, you know, a million sweeps over the top of all of the riffs, but that's not what the song yeah. needs. You know, it needs, it needs the hooks. It needs the riffs to be what they are and structure is the structure and everything has to kind of, you know, complement each other. So, and that's where he's really kind of, uh, you know come to the band at a good time where that's what we really wanted and i think the way he approached the songwriting and and the way he structured his vocal patterns and verses and choruses in the songs and added in these great hooks in a lot of the songs and and that's what we've really wanted in our music for quite a while and so we were so so happy when we found someone that was on that page as well and, and wasn't just trying to sort of show off musically you know because you know that's that's not really what writing music's about. Yeah, you to talk about not just being heavy and technical, which that part you guys got down, like a you know back of your hand, like the palm of your hand, like it's it it's 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 natural for you guys to have that. But you talked about more hooks, more structures, no exact formula. It was an evolution of songwriting that you wanted to specifically achieve. And how do you feel? Does it feel like you have reached that you know that point that you were talking about? Yeah, this is kind of, I think, the culmination of all the ideas we've had over the last few years of what we wanted the band to sound like and, and the direction we wanted to go. And it's kind of all come together. And this is, this is yeah, kind of exactly how we were hoping it would, it, would, it would work with the collection of songs on this album, all sort of adding something, a, a different element to each other, uh, both with you know, the musicality and the hooks and the melodies, but also the lyrics and the themes and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's, um, 
yeah, it's it's definitely the strongest collection of songs I think that we've we've put together. You picked the soil and born in the gutter. Why pick those as singles? Yeah, I think you know when you hear them as singles, I don't think that they definitely represent the album as a whole. I think that they're just individual songs that we really like the vibe of what they are. And I think yeah. they sit really well on the album as well uh, when you hear them sort of in the context of the rest of the songs. But I think they, they all just, the singles that we've selected just kind of all have a unique feel to them uh, and they stand out from the other tracks on the album. And, and that's why we, we selected them as, as singles, not because we wanted to sort of say, hey, this is what the whole album's going to sound like. It's, it's like, hey, this yeah. is a song and, and it, uh, yeah, we enjoy it for what it is, but yeah, we want you to enjoy this and then, yeah, wait till you hear the rest of it. It's, there's all sorts of other stuff to enjoy. So, Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I love it when, when a band, like, they give a glimpse on what they're in about, but, but it's just, you know, just a small portion of the entire meal. And, you know, that's the best part of the meal is a dessert. So um, that, that's a good way to look at it. Now, the recording process, sure. what about the, uh, did you approach a new producer for this or is this with the same producer that, uh, that you worked with previously? No, this is well. We had worked with this producer previously, so we did it with Will Putney, was the the guy yeah. who ended up mixing and and mastering the album for us. So we had worked with Will previously on some singles, but we'd never done a full length album with him before. So yeah, it was something we'd wanted to do in the past, but for various reasons with you know schedules and timing and stuff, it, it just never kind of worked out, and it just kind of at this point worked out for everyone's you know, with the timing and the schedules and, and the vision for what we wanted to do. And, and so it was a, a different experience for us recording this album to the previous ones. We, we engineered it and tracked it with a different person in Australia, which we hadn't done before uh, with a guy called Matt Shorter. And he did a great job with that. And, and Will was also present sort of not in person, but over Skype and, and stuff like that for the engineering process. So he was able to give some input and, direction about ways he wanted certain things tracked and mic'd up and tones and all that kind of stuff which which we'd never kind of had before so it was a really cool learning process for us to uh yeah to have all these different people involved how was it working with will he was awesome yeah he's uh yeah he's great at what he does and and he really knows how to achieve you know the thing you want to achieve so he just kind of says all right if you want this this is what you got to do and and you do it and it works. So it's, yeah, he's, he's definitely a master of his craft and yeah, he's very good to work with. That's a very common denominator that I hear because we've had Die Art and Fit on the show before. And one common thing they say is how much of, you know, a, a hard worker Will is and he pushes you to the limit. So, you know, when I saw that, you know, a Virgin's Crown worked with Will, I was like, okay, this is, this is already going to be an amazing album anyway. But then adding Will to that, just that list of people who helped you out with this album. That's, you know, perfect combination. Couldn't be better than that. Sick, man. So, you know, I want to talk about the metal scene. You know, uh, in Australia, you guys are in a land of, like, filled with amazing bands. Parkway Drive, Make Them Suffer, The Red Shore, and, you know, Die Art as well, you know. Um, have you seen the fan base change from when you started to where you are now? In Australia, for sure. I mean, because it's been quite a while now, the band has, has been around for sort of over 10 years, so... Yeah, a lot can a lot can change in that time. There's a lot of musical styles will will change, and you know bands change, and and a lot of those bands you mentioned, um, you know they 
tour a lot internationally now. So a lot of those bands aren't touring around domestically anymore. So that brings new bands the opportunity to start touring around Australia. And then that'll sort of bring, you know, new trends and new sounds that become popular. And so it's always kind of changing like anywhere. But, yeah, it's definitely a, a different kind of, you know, demographic of people that come to shows now than it was, you know, maybe even an album or two ago. And I think, yeah. you know, even in another couple of years, it'll continue to change. And it, it, it's good. It's always new new people coming to shows, which is what you want. It's um, You always want the music to reach more people. You, you don't ever sort of do a band and go, all right, well, we've hit this amount of people. That's it. That's all we want. You know, you always want to keep expanding. Someone, yeah, you always want someone new to hear it. And, and, and I think that that's always happening over here, which is cool. What was your favorite part about the touring life? Now that you have this break that, of course, nobody calls for, does it give you like a whole new perspective now that you get to sit back and just see your touring life like as in the past? What was your favorite part about touring now that everything kind of just come to a halt? Yeah, I mean, aside from the fact that we get to perform music every night, which I love doing, but yeah. the fact that I, I get to travel to all these different places, you know, on a regular basis and I get to see all these new things and you know experience all different stuff that you can't experience from home so there's certain foods that you can't experience anywhere else you know there's beers that you can drink in this place that i can't get here there's there's people i'll meet yeah. that, you know, are totally different to the people i hang out with here and and it's just every place you go to has something unique about it and and it just kind of makes you realize when you're stuck at home doing the same thing in and out and and how much i i do enjoy different experiences and new experiences in my life and as soon as i can't have those new experiences you, you kind of start missing them even more have your aspirations as a person or as a band have they evolved or changed since you when you first started playing music do you see things differently now i mean you, you definitely see things differently but i don't think that the overall goal has has changed like the goal was always to you know, write the best songs we can and, and tour it as yeah. much as possible and, and play to as many people around wherever that wants to watch us will we'll go and play there. So that's always been the, the overall goal. And I think that's, you know, probably majority of bands have that goal. But I think traveling really opens your eyes to the bigger picture of, of things, both musically, uh, you, you kind of realize that, you know, for example, where I live on the Gold Coast, a band like Aversion's Crown would play and it just wouldn't necessarily be a popular thing because people here, it's a surfing culture. Um, the, the sort of music that's popular here is definitely not death metal at all. Um, but, that, but that doesn't mean yeah. that, that if we were to go and play somewhere else, it wouldn't be popular. So, you know, it, it's sometimes people might live in one place and think, all right, well, if I want to be you know, popular, I have to do this style of music that the people here listen to, but they don't realize that, all right, well, everywhere else in the world might be into different things and so the chance to to play to all these different crowds around the world and and seeing people appreciate heavy music in different countries and stuff you know and then you come home to a place where it's, it's relatively unheard of um it's pretty cool so we talked about a lot of that you know the way you see things now who were your like influences when you before you even picked up a guitar like what did you listen to back then was it was it the band right behind you, Metallica? Am I seeing that? For Is sure. that correctly? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they were one of the, the first I ever listened to and before I even played guitar. And 
but um yeah a lot of the sort of classic metal stuff like most people my age or you you know the big four and then bands like pantera and sepultura and all those sort of classic bands that were you know awesome. still pretty underground in a way but they're also quite accessible and then you start sort of digging a bit deeper and and finding the more extreme stuff and just delving more and more into that world and uh yeah i just kind of haven't stopped i guess i just love the reach because you talked about how where you live how you know death metal is not popular you know i'm in dallas i, I, I don't death metal is not popular here either you know it's usually in florida where it's found but i i love the reach that you're talking about how some people like us could have we we find you know bands like these to actually just influence us in a way where we can help get the word out even more and you know that's it's great what our versions crown is doing like still releasing music still still making you know the fan base even bigger just expanding on what they started up with to what they are now thanks man yeah cool now before we finish up uh just a couple of really fun questions because i just want to end this on a pretty uh awesome note if it was up to you and it is up to you any artist you would like to collaborate with that you haven't yet who would it be it doesn't have to be metal yeah well um i'd probably love to collaborate with an electronic band called the midnight who uh yeah they do kind of i guess sort of throwback synthwave kind of sounding stuff lots of saxophone but uh really dark and ambient sounding in parts too and i think it'd be really cool to collaborate death metal or heavy music with the stuff that they're doing it'd be pretty different but maybe it would be terrible but i think it would be cool man metal has been infused with so many genres i mean why not <laughs> that that would exactly. be pretty interesting to see now if you weren't a musician what would you be doing right now uh i mean i'd probably be doing something to do with sport i guess like i've always that was always the other thing i was into growing up and still like so probably would have put more time and effort into doing some kind of sports science or something like that was always the kind of backup plan if if i didn't do music but i still love doing music so i'm hopefully going to do this for a while awesome now top five albums you can think of top of your head top of my head all right um let's go darkest hour undoing ruin uh metallica kill em all uh black dahlia murder ritual uh job for a cowboy sun eater and rivers of nile where owls know my name oh man okay that is a great list i, lo I love how you kind of like threw it with a different twist with rivers of nile that's awesome cool. all right this is the last part of the interview we're going to finish up here i'm going to see how well you know your songs okay i'm going to uh, read a lyric i'm going to read a lyric you tell me what song it's from i'm gonna uh, probably start off easy here <laughs> you probably already know he's like i already know all the songs what's he doing well, I don't all know right these lyrics let's try all right, we are not equal, and we still draw the line to divide the lower kind for the good of the people. Uh, uh, born in the gutter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to kind of sing it to hear the melody, yeah. Of course. Okay. The crown from your head, forever buried in the sands, marvel at the creation of this instrument of torment. I'm throwing it back here. Yeah. I've got no idea about that one. I, I that is that is partisan. It. I believe this is before you were uh, you were with a version's crown. Partisan de deconstruction. Okay, That's yeah, we was. have. I remember playing that one live, but I, I don't think I ever really learned the lyrics to that. Yeah, servitude, great album. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay, behold the crucible of opposition, contrary yet interconnected. 
the resting place of ethereal bodies. Shadow, is this not what you wanted? It sounds like something off Xenocide. Yep. Um... And I don't know if you guys play this live. Yeah. Is it off uh, Misery? No. No, I, I don't know. Uh, Cycles of Harispex. Okay, yeah. It's on, <laughs> yeah we, we don't we haven't played that live. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this is actually my, this may be my favorite version of Crown Song. So, I'm the beginning, I'm the end, I'm what you can't find words for, I'm beyond all understanding. Overseer. Hell yeah. Love Sick, that song. Man. Okay. Reconstructing the divine. From within the divide, within its depths, hatred awaits, smothering life with pain. God, I love those lyrics. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that one. This is this is Xenocide. Uh, I'm going to say Xenocide. Can you get the song? Yeah. No, I can't picture that one. Okay. Hybridization. Okay, cool. All right, this is the last one. A tool of malice and enslavement. This is the pulse of the awakened, a singular consciousness of... To control, manipulate, and deceive. This is again throwing it way back. Yeah, is this off Tyrant? This is. is or well, servitude again. Servi servitude again. Is this. Uh, we're not safe? No. Mm, try again. No, I'm not you too sure. Advocator of man's genocide. Ah, okay. Yeah. I always love these reactions because, you know, some artists say, I'm never going to get any of them. And then they get every single one. And then true. some of them say, yeah, I'll get all of them. And they didn't get any, any single one of them. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's great. Now I made you think. Now you got everything that's set list. <laughs> oh, totally. All right, Mick. Uh, so we're out of time here. Anything else you want to add to promote, shout out before uh, we end this thing up? You know, you got a big month up ahead. It's exciting stuff. You know, I know it's not something that you plan for releasing an album during a pandemic, but just any last things you want to say? Man, I think you've uh, you've sort of covered it all, and yeah, we hope people check out the full record, and yeah, we look forward to getting it out on twelfth of June. And everyone who's listening, this is Mick Jeffrey from Aversion's Crown. Their fourth album, titled Hell, will come for us all out on June twelfth. Nuclear Blast Records. Support these guys. Pick up the album. They'll be on the road as soon as you know. And uh, everyone listening, you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and all your podcast apps. Mick, thanks so much, buddy. Uh, we'll catch you again next time. All right, man. Thanks so much for having me. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade. That's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.